1: It's 11.38
0: p.m. in Silver Lake, California, and you're listening to Night Call. Hello, and welcome to Night Call, a podcast for your strange days and lonely nights. I am Tess Lynch in Los Angeles with...
2: Molly Lambert.
3: And over in New York, we have, as always, Emily Yoshida. Hello. 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 So we have a corrections department uh, issue to address, I think, right up top.
4: <laughs>
3: Pri- cryptid corrections. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking a lot about cryptids and cryptid songs, and particularly the song Purple People Eater. Uh, turns out we miscategorized the Purple People Eater which is, in fact, not a cryptid, but an alien. Um, does anybody want to discuss the difference between those two? Because I feel like that's another foggy one for me. Yeah, could
0: they not be both? I thought, Molly brought this correction to our attention, but I figured that a cryptid has to be an earthly beast. So a cryptid yeah. is
2: something that evolved on Earth that just, like, humans don't know about, maybe. Right. Was, like, no a mythical... It's alien. like an Earth
3: alien, a thing mm-hmm. that we think exists, but th- we don't know is, if it does or not.
2: Is the Earth angel an alien? <laughs> yes,
3: <laughs> a sexy an alien, alien and a cryptid. <laughs> Although every- the cryptid can't be a human, so <laughs> I, I'm assuming the Earth angel is a human. Uh, <laughs> and then we were kind of looking through. There's a there's a an old list on the all of all R.I.P. The, the all. I miss y'all every day. Me too. I feel like The All and Gawker, both sites that don't really exist anymore, have a ton of really good, like, state lists like this. I remember that yes. Gawker did one that was, like, every good sandwich in every state. And they had voted and agreed on, you know, the, the, the definitive sandwich of every state. But The All has this one of the definitive se- uh, secret scary monster of That's every great. state. Yeah. Just want to um, wanna
2: clarify that while I don't like fictional maps... A real sandwich map is cool.
0: <laughs> as long as the
2: sandwich <laughs> is the focal point of the or map. Or like a monster map. Yeah.
3: Mo- like a monster we map. Found a map. It's, not a fiction- it's not a fictional map. Yeah. <laughs> it's
2: grounded in reality. If it was like fake facts, I would hate that. Well, I have to say that on this list, um,
0: Some of the more interesting, I mean, they're all really interesting, spooky, scary monsters. But the Kushtaka of Alaska is a (laughs) were-otter. And it's a a (laughs) were-otter. There's also the Mogollon monster. I'm, I'm probably saying all of these wrong. Of Arizona, which is a stinky Bigfoot. There are a lot of stinky Bigfoots out there. And I think California's is the space brain which is a, I guess, illuminated brain that is has no body around it and has eyes. Ooh. Someone spotted them on, on the highway,
2: maybe? Ooh, never heard of that uh-huh. one. The
0: space brain, the Michigan Dog Man, um, which is a man's body and a dog's head. Also a Dave Pilkey series of children's books that is very popular with kids called Dog Man. Um, oh, yeah. Maybe based on that. And New Mexico's Spring-Heeled Jack, which looks, the all says, looks like something in between Satan and Batman.
2: Is that what Jumpin' Jack Flash is about? Ooh. I don't know. I've always wondered what that song is about.
3: (laughs) I don't really want to know. I like how Maine's uh, monster on here is just Cujo. (laughs) Right, yeah. It's just a dog. It's just a big dog. (laughs) There are some classics.
0: There are a couple of classics. There are a couple of um, ones from the same Squonk uh, uh, anthology that I told you guys about last week or the mm-hmm. week before. Um, a few of them, you know, ha- hail from there. But I think every state has a few cryptids, and these are just kind of hand-chosen, like, best cryptids.
3: Well, if you have a favorite cryptid in your state that is not mentioned on this list or one that you think uh, deserves special recognition, give us a night call at one 240 We'd love to hear all about it. Always down yeah. to hear about new cryptids.
0: Also, if you've just seen a weird creature that you think may have been a cryptid, please let us know. Right. Um, I look at the ologies, uh, one of our favorite podcasts, Night call adjacent podcast ologies. They have a Facebook group where people are always trying to identify, like, different bugs and stuff. Uh, and I saw a ladybug larva on there today and realized I'd seen them in the wild myself, but they are, like, the creepiest looking larva. I don't They're know like if I've all... seen a
3: ladybug larva. What it I looks?
0: Like? It's like a black up. and yellow weevilish looking thing that has like kind of little spikies coming out of it. Love
2: Thinking about larva. Love thinking about larva. Allogies. baby bugs. juice <laughs> mm, is the larva, larva, the larva pod.
3: It's it's one of those um, words that really sounds like what it means. Yes, exactly.
2: Also larval, <laughs> larval.
3: <laughs> Oh,
0: it's cute. I don't know. It's like it looks, I, like it looks, looks dangerous to me. Uh, maybe yeah. ladybugs <laughs> are good. Uh, yeah, we love ladybugs, and the larvae apparently eat aphids. So if you see the larvae around, yeah. that's a good thing. But I always was like, Ugh, those bugs. I don't like those bugs. But now I'm coming around. I don't like their looks, though. I'll be honest with you about that.
3: They're they're, they're definitely scarier
2: looking. What if bugs are aliens? What if?
0: I mean, I thought we agreed octopus,
3: octopi are (laughs) aliens. So why (laughs) not? Accidentally wound up on Earth. Oh, yeah.
2: I read a theory, a debunked theory, that there's people who believe that like all all diseases come from space. Really? Yes. Hmm. Don't let the anti-vaxxers hear about this. I know. Yeah, right on. They're like the common cold came from a moon rock. Yeah, that's how it exists. Hey, speaking
0: of the moon, yeah.
2: Yes. Let's
0: let's have another moon minute um molly found an article explaining that the moon is shrinking which is bad news right
2: not well, only is the moon shrinking fewer
3: germs though i guess that's true <laughs>
2: <laughs> big if true not only is the moon shrinking the moon is shrinking and that is causing moonquakes.
0: isn't it weird that we can't see the moon having an earthquake do you think if you just stared at it long enough with a telescope, you could witness a
3: moonquake? You can barely see an earthquake unless it's a big mag- magnitude one on Earth. Like, unless it was one that caused massive geological restructuring. But I, guess I think that sh- these are, yeah. aren't they? It's causing, like, debris. I mean, you'd think that the
0: craters would, like, kind of implode. And that if you mm. had a, a good enough telescope, you might be
3: able to peep a moonquake. There's a subheading here. Ongoing shrinkage. so why is it is it just shrinking because of gravity I'm gonna make a science guess
2: I don't know (laughs) does (laughs) the moon have tectonic plates
3: like oh yeah
2: so does it have a molten core it has fault lines here's what it says yeah it says this is definitely they found out that this is definitely happening because the moon is shrinking not from asteroid impact or activity deep inside the moon hmm it doesn't seem like they are even trying to address why the moon is shrinking.
3: Clickbait. Clickbait from live science. Just an FYI.
0: Did you guys enjoy the most recent full moon?
2: No, because you couldn't see it here. I mean, I enjoyed it. Was it. Nice. You could see it the night before. It w- it's been a very misty and weird weather. It was raining, so I enjoyed that as much as I would have enjoyed the full moon. I, I don't I was... give this rain a good rating. Why?
0: It was too. I didn't steamy? feel like it was purposeful enough. It's it too was misty mountain. Hot. It was a little too misty. I I've been getting these terrible headaches um, from the barometric pressure out here because it keeps like the humidity will increase and increase, and I think the pressure falls. And it's it would be relieved by like a big was the rain. rain, a
2: monkey paw. Did yes, you wish the, for the rain, rain was now a monkey paw, was... and then I was like,
0: ah, <laughs> I just wanted more. It, it needed to be amplified. I just or like
2: it's you know. unusual to get it so late in the season. It is. The I know calm, very weird the weather. The calm
0: before the fire. Um, in other moon news, you guys, we are now all aware that Posh Spice has been drinking full moon water, Yeah. which is water that has been charged um, under a full moon, obviously. You can make your own. You can also buy it on Etsy um, (laughs) for—it ranges—there's a big range in price
3: for the moon water. Do you think that Starfire water also charges the water under the moon, or do you think these are two completely different separate uh, water theories in practice? Well, I think
2: they're separate— Cosmological, <laughs> separate water cosmologies. Separate water. Cos- <laughs> one is star based, and the other is moon based. What is Starfire Water? Starfer? That's when
3: they sell it at um, Oh, cafe. that's that one. Okay, we yeah. talked yeah. about it earlier. The, the one thirst, that you, that Emily Yeah, into. yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, wait, how much is the how, how much is the moon water or full moon water rather? The, I'm
2: sure whatever Posh Spice drinks.
3: The Posh Spice website was, I believe, in posh. German.
2: So
0: I just read recaps of it. But then I went to Etsy to be like, hmm, full moon water. Should I be selling full moon water? And if oh, I some Oh, we should sell 50- night call ride. full moon water. That night should be our full, our moon full water. Alex Jones I, I don't move. think I could, oh in good conscience, sell full, full moon water. Also, it has to be to distilled. in the water business.
2: What if we all, like, spit in it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, no. Molly. Molly. <laughs> Uh, we have a whole separate Patreon for people who want the water with our spit in it and for mukbang videos and to be (laughs) fin-domped Even just saying those no, Mustang our- and the spit water together, I'm like, no, <laughs> no. Guys, that's our regular Patreon. That's what a <laughs> Patreon is. Well, don't tell them that's what's coming down the pipeline. They're going to be We'll only sell,
2: sell you the full moon water if you want it. We'll take a poll. Um, well, while- well, she also was saying during her week-long detox, she also listened to true crime pro- podcasts. So, why dice. would you do
0: that during a detox? Like a detox and true crime. Yeah. That's what really she listens to to
2: unwind from mm. being a footballer's wife. A footballer's wife. A (laughs) football.
3: I don't know. Listening to like a true crime podcast makes me feel worse than like eating a burger or whatever you might be cleansing yourself from. I don't know. Well, what? It's
0: it's the guilty pleasure. As long as you're not on a detox, I think it's great to listen to true crime. But if you're on a detox, that should be detoxed from you. Well, what if
2: the true crime story is in fact fictional and about a fictional conspiracy? Maybe we should talk about that after we plug our book club
3: right well speaking of our patreon and our and all the weird kinky shit we have going on there we're doing a book club motherfuckers
2: <laughs> Actually, we are reading like one of the most erotic
3: odysseys of all time. It is it's True. kind of an OG
2: erotic odyssey.
3: Yeah, we we just announced our first ever book club pick, which is going to be Valley of the Dolls. We are very excited about it. I've never read it, so I'm super excited about that. Um, How have you never read it, Emily? It blew I my mind. I never I'm read so it. excited. I'm going to
2: admit, I've only skim read it at a bookstore. What? Mm-hmm. I assumed you guys had already read it. I think maybe you read me the dirty parts on the phone. Oh, for sure <laughs> I did. That was, that but, was definitely fun. Uh,
3: I never maybe read the whole thing in context. Well, this will uh, be a new journey, a new journey for one and a half of us. Uh, so we're very excited yeah. about it We're excited to share it with you guys We are going to be doing our, our dropping our first ever Patreon book club podcast For subscribers at the $5 level And above um, On June 15th So you have until then to get caught up And um, check out the book And also if you subscribe at that level You can get a 15% discount On the book at, From our friends at Skylight Books In Los Angeles But they'll ship it anywhere And you can also just get it at your local library or somewhere chill like that. We love libraries. Audiobooks. Probably an audiobook. Yeah, I'm
2: sure. I'm also going to say, if you want to be like George Costanza and just watch the movie and listen to the episodes, that's okay too, as long as you subscribe to our Patreon.
3: Yeah, exactly. And uh, before that episode drops, if you're reading the book and have any uh, fun thoughts or feedback about it, that... Yeah, we might want to bring up on the show, give us a night call or a night email and let us know your thoughts about the book so we can include it in the show. I'm very excited to
0: talk about the nearly three-hour-long movie (laughs) that Emily made us watch,
3: and apparently I am the only one who enjoyed it. I have no idea how I feel about this movie. Um, I wanted to f- like foist it upon you guys so I could get your thoughts on it. Um I saw the film we we're discussing today under the Silver Lake at Cannes just about a year ago, because Cannes going on now. It was uh it wasn't quite booed there, but it was like there were just like snickers of derision from all the French journalists there. And it was sort of perceived as a flop out of the festival. And I was like, and we had already started the podcast by then, and I was like there's maybe never been a, pot, a a film this night call at Cannes before but also like I can't tell if I love it or hate it but I That's was That's the problem. Yeah. That's
0: why I liked it because yeah. the whole time I was like what? I don't know how I feel <laughs> about this movie at all and I read that because of the very divided reaction at Cannes that it was, you know, de- the release was yeah. delayed. There was a rumor that it was being re-edited, but then I think that those rumors were false. Um but yeah, Under the Silver Lake was written, produced, and directed by David Robert Mitchell, who did It Follows, um, which I loved. I think we all
3: like It all all followed, did correct. Follows, correct? Yeah. This is the definition of a blank check movie, though, to uh use a term from our, our buddies at blank check. It follows was such a success and such mm-hmm. a, you know, such a breakout hit. and... If David Robert Mitchell ever gets uh, a a deep enough filmography that he'd be a good candidate for for that podcast because this is a a textbook example of somebody just, like, allowed to make a three-hour, like, meandering conspiracy epic about pop songs and underground caves for harems in Los Angeles that's, like, also kind of an incel slash reddit conspiracy theorist story i don't know it's like a lot in the salad
2: (laughs) it's like cueing on the movie yeah uh i will say for me this movie kind of lives and dies by the fact that it stars andrew garfield yes Yes. And that was what did not work for me oh really whole time you didn't like the garf oh man i was doing a little joke tweet I wanted to make, like, hey girl memes about him. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> oh, man. To Remember go, hey girl memes? That feels yeah, like such yeah, a... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. Like, oh,
2: <laughs> this guy is, like, the real, like, Silver Lake guy that everybody's dated. Mm-hmm. He is everyone's Silver Lake ex-boyfriend, 100%. Yeah, 100%. yeah. Uh, which did not make me, like, love him exactly.
0: Oh, I, I liked him so for embracing him. his... I mean, I, I admired his performance. But, yeah, he's, like, a really... I mean, li- he literally smells bad yeah, for he almost the bad. entire movie. <laughs> um, he has a very, like... It's, it's a very studied and unique way of walking and running and, like, holding himself, uh, even lying on the ground. That's, like, everything he does is very it's,
3: pointed. His run <laughs> is incredible. The, his like, run is amazing. The, sneaky run is so good.
0: Yes. It's very close to, like, a Napoleon Dynamite kind of thing.
2: Like, a void of charisma, which maybe is the point. That is the point. Yeah. Like
3: a- I, I will not pretend to know mm, the intentions of this film from the creator but i do feel pretty safe and sane that we're not supposed to like Andrew Garfield's character. Right.
0: Correct, um, I think. Well, first of all, can we just say that there will be spoilers? Can, because yeah. I feel the
3: need to spoil. Well, and this, right. and this film guess... is available on demand. You can you can get it, you know, basically any platform. It was out theatrically for, like, all of two days before they dropped it on VOD. It's it's kind of the first ever A24 fiasco, like, but they've kind of quietly swept it under the rug. It's
2: very watchable. I mean, yeah. like, I watched... I, The problem also is that I watched a good movie first. Right. (laughs) Um, I saw The Farewell. Which which is so good. Yeah, which I'm sure we'll talk about more, but like, which is an awesome, like, great movie and I was like crying from watching The Farewell because it was so good yeah. and then I was like and now time for Silver <laughs> and then it was just like the Benny Hill theme song playing the whole time. Yes. I think it was probably also like narcissism of small differences. I was like I would write this movie but like with a woman. Differently. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know.
3: No I'm like I mean I'm partially like defensive of this movie because I'm like I kind of want to do something like this at some point well, so yes. we better like some of this stuff. But no, it, it also, like, it's a very, it's a very funny,
0: intentionally it's funny funny movie. part, I
2: mean, like from the, from the part where there's like a really long dialogue scene during a sex scene. Exactly. With mm-hmm. him and Ricky Lindholm, like as soon as Ricky Lindholm turned up, I was like, ooh, like Southland Tales were in like, right. mm-hmm. Southland Tales territory mm-hmm. with just like some good comedians playing weird character roles. Also, there's the the a
0: chari- paddle boat chase, which is awesome. In the Echo Park Lake. In the Echo Park Lake. Um, That was, yeah, I mean... (laughs) Patrick Fischler is really good in it, and that's a nod to, like, Mulholland Drive. I mean, that's the other thing. So I finished the movie, which is... It's three hours long. It's three hours long, but just to kind of sum up the plot, Andrew Garfield plays a guy who's very aimless and kind of, like, bottoming out, and he's in his mid-30s. He lives in Silver Lake. He's He's a conspiracy theorist, kind of, But he basically is, he's also a voyeur. He's just a man-child.
3: Like, he's obsessed with, like, Kurt Cobain and Nintendo. Like, he's just stuck in the stuff of his youth. He's,
2: like, ready player one. So he becomes interested in a
0: couple of mysteries that he thinks might be related that are going on in his apartment complex and his immediate neighborhood. One of the mysteries is the disappearance of a neighbor that he's been, like, maybe trying to romance. And the other one is that all over Silver Lake, someone's been graffitiing Beware the Dog Killer. And apparently a lot of dogs are going missing and they think someone's, like, out, you know, killing the dogs. So he's kind of, like, just intrigued by these mysteries. Also, he he has no job. He's, like, not trying to get a job. He's going to be evicted. His car was repossessed. So he's just kind of falling apart and spending all of his time, like, obsessing over these conspiracy theories. But then, after you finish the movie... You can then go on an Easter egg hunt and there are all of these crazy Easter eggs in the movie, which also kind of lead nowhere. Right. Which the movie in the movie everything kind of leads nowhere. It just gets you get deeper and deeper and deeper into trying to solve these mysteries and then it just Do doesn't I really like matter. Now See that's the now. question. It's yeah. a movie about Do the pointlessness like- of Easter eggs. Right. Yes. I think it's a movie about the internet. Yeah. And that's kind of, I was like, oh, it's about how the internet kind of like takes your drive away from like existing in your world as it appears to you. And it makes you feel as though everything has hidden and deeper levels and you go trying to like find what they are, Mm -hmm. but you just end up going like deeper and deeper into your own kind of id and like become really disconnected with people around you.
2: Tess, you also get really into local (laughs) mysteries.
3: <laughs> if there was a dog killer on your block you would be on the case no, I would have like, maybe this guys. movie made
2: me uncomfortable because it like read me to fill up a little bit too much too mm-hmm. you know where I was like is it like I drive around aimlessly and like follow read people's weird flyers they post on things uh, I was walking around in Griffith Park today and mm-hmm. I was thinking about the movie yep. going to find the tunnel um, uh, of course go, go yeah all the tunnel the... stuff yeah again some of the stuff we were talking about last week with the getty house and the you know the gun cash like it's not not all possible right.
3: it is i
0: mean it's just it's interesting though when you spend your time like reading and going deeper and deeper and like i i also thought that the movie kind of you know, didn't really spend any time with him in front of a computer or searching on his phone, which is obviously what
3: it mm. was portraying. Yeah. But not like they you found know, a more cinematic way to to represent that. Yeah, and like put this sort of Hitchcock type score over it, so it's like, oh, yeah, it's a real adventure. But the actual reality of the adventure for most of it is like pretty mundane. It's him, like you know, yes. decoding things on the back of a pizza box and stuff, like. Um, I wish
2: he had just had the clamshell phone thing from It Follows. Oh, my God. Well, that was
0: the—I mean, that's one of the things that I think he's really good at, um, David Robert Mitchell, is just making— making a place that's familiar seem foreign. And we were talking right before we started recording with um, our producer Roy out in L.A., and we were talking about It Follows, and I was like, what I loved about It Follows so much was that it created—it kind of, like, took the past and the future and put them in a blender and then, like, poured it onto a geographic location Mm -hmm. because it had all of these things that felt— kind of retro and reminded you of your childhood but it definitely also was like kind of of the future mm-hmm. and then it was also you know a really like beautiful like beautifully shot kind of way of looking at detroit and this I movie mean, was
3: beautifully it was shot. gorgeous yeah it's really nice the kind of self-mythologizing it does like i feel like like he's so obviously just like a shit post like philip marlowe type character and it's like yeah, like every generation gets the version of that character that it deserves, and like this is the one that we get. <laughs> it's like you know, down to the like you know, looking at his his neighbors in various states of undress type thing. But it's just like the more depressing version of it <laughs> this time around, right? It's like vertigo, depressing.
2: Yeah, if I think about him being just a bad psychopath from the beginning. Then yeah, sure. Makes sense. First of all, I think, and this is my theory, but I think he is supposed to be the dog killer.
0: Yes. Um, But then also, someone. So I went deep into the subreddit.
4: Reddit is like (laughs) (laughs) really good. Well, the Um, one thing to
3: note about the Reddit is that it started flourishing like weeks before. This ever was released in the States, like off of a pirated copy from like a teeny tiny UK release. And so like it was already in full flower by the time it was released in the States. And it's just so funny because it's like. It, it was already being passed around like this, you know, forbidden thing like, oh, have you seen this? Have you have you heard the good word? <laughs> like, <laughs> have you seen on the Silver? Like, and like I, I, I was saying before it came out, I was like, man, like releasing it almost feels like defeating the power of the myth that it could, it could have. Like, I mean, there's, uh, you know, certainly some money to be made by releasing it on VOD and stuff, but it could become like this gigantic cult thing if you just never release it. <laughs>
0: Right, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That it, it should have been like the movie that the that they don't they want you to want see. see. Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, one thing
0: that was cool was so there's a computer scientist guy who was um a cryptography consultant in, on on this movie. <laughs> really? And so there's there are all of these like ciphers to decode. So there are these dolls that represent um it's uh, they're watching Mary a Millie. Uh, yes. And there are dolls, and then underneath there's the Zodiac Killer mm-hmm. Code, which you can crack. Um, and then there's also, like, in a coffee shop in the beginning of the movie, there's a guy who's wearing, like, a weird hipster T-shirt with um, animal decals on it. Mm. And if you take the first letter of each animal, it spells out, beware, dog killer. Um And then there's something on like the ticker at the bottom of a news program that they're watching at one point. And it's it's like it's about the Copial code. Um, And so I guess the Kevin Knight, who was the cryptography consultant, like created a program to translate the Copial side. It's just like you just keep going deeper and deeper into it my husband got like oh really my hooked god <laughs> on finding all the codes in a way that he hasn't since true detective when he was like what's reddit oh my god look <laughs> at this like there are it's so t- many theories <laughs> it's a trap oh yeah god. it's a trap yeah but then i mean if you try and like figure it out then you feel like that's kind of like a, a interesting kind of like compliment to the movie of like you're just ignoring
3: things that need to get done and just being like what's it mean what's it mean <laughs> yeah I think the one thing about this movie is it's not as weird as it thinks it is. Right. That's the
2: thing is I think like I did keep comparing it in my mind to Southland Tales and being like, Southland Tales is legitimately weird. (laughs) This feels a little bit too much like someone trying their hardest to like be weird. A naked middle-aged woman with birds is like a little bit of like, what's weird? Mm, (laughs) She was really hot. She was was super hot.
0: And then she had weird birds. And then it was
2: like, that seems like a strange thing. Some of it just seemed like it was like a David Lynch mixtape. Yeah, Yeah, it was. Well,
3: I I feel like another thing that, to the degree that there has been a conversation around this movie, but there has been just among, you know, critics and stuff and people who've seen it, uh, but just the kind of, like, is it toxic masculinity or is it a critique of toxic masculinity? It's definitely a critique. It is. a
0: 100% is. a critique. I mean, especially when Topher Grace's character who ha- – first of all, it's super weird that almost none of these characters have names. Right. And I'm sorry. I got really jazzed about this
3: movie. So now I'm yelling.
0: But I will say that um, when they they have a drone and the drone is like, you know, speaking peeping on like some lady mm-hmm. undressing and they're kind of like just sitting there being losers looking. At... It was definitely yeah. to me felt and then she like it crying, was
3: and it's just like oh god yeah. what are we doing?
0: <laughs> you're supposed to feel yeah. gross like you're supposed to think they're gross. You're supposed to kind of acknowledge that they feel a little yeah. bit gross but that they're going to continue to do it relentlessly. And right, again that's the vertigo. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We had these people who were uh, living across the street from us for a while and they crashed a drone into our, like, trash cans and then wrote us a letter being like, hey, can you return our drone? (laughs) It was, like, in the back of your yard right by, like, your window. And it appears to be crashed into your trash cans. And only later was I was like, they were spying on us. Like, to me, I was just like, interesting. They took their drone for a little flight around the neighborhood. And it's like, no. Yeah. And then they
2: asked you to return it? And I did.
0: And like, I did, because I was just like, I don't want this drone near what me What you should anymore. have done
3: is put a geolocator device on it so that you would know when it was nearby. So I could track. And then you I could, could out the drone. Down. That feels like a <laughs> neighbor's-esque a comedy or something. <laughs> Train, a, <laughs> Train a hawk. <laughs> yep. Um, well, I'm I'm glad that you guys watched this. I needed to bring it to, to the hive, to, to the table.
2: You needed to share it with the class. And I'm glad you
3: did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd seen it twice because I saw it at the festival and I saw it again before they released it. And they were like, you know, trying to figure out what to do with it. I think it was before they kind of just dumped it. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, like I have a friend who was who saw it. I mean, it was a friend you guys both know, but uh, and was like, oh, God is is that guy me? Is that me? Have I been that guy all along? And I'm like, no. Like, mm-hmm. I lived with that. I was the roommate of that guy before. Like, the kind of, like, <laughs> whoa, 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 like filmmaker who, like, has a sort of girlfriend slash friends with benefits who comes by and has been, like, doing background on Mad Men. So she comes by in, like, uh, secretary costumes and stuff. And they just, like... Get stoned and like maybe have sex, and I have to like be listening in the closet next door.
2: <laughs> See, this we'd rather watch the movie about you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was, it was very too Close to home again. I was just like, I know too many of these locations, so they can't be like exotified right. in any way to me, you know? Well, it's like, also,
0: I think, a really good kind of commentary on how if you're living in LA, every most people I know are very close to like you know, losing their homes, losing their cars, Mm -hmm. like we've all kind of been there in the past 10 years or so but you still continue like as long as you have that balcony that overlooks the yeah. pool even though you're yeah. about to be evicted it appears fine you're going to the cemetery screenings mm-hmm. you're going to these like weird parties in a crypt, you're going to the standard, and roof. you can kind of pretend <laughs> yeah you can kind of pretend that nothing terrible is happening you know and it can kind of stretch on seemingly forever like they, they come to evict you you beg yeah. for another day and then there you are the next day on the balcony looking at yeah. the beautiful pool so and also shout out to tomato pie which is like (laughs) i think the best pizza on the east side even though it's very spicy pizza unexpectedly i love seeing tomato pie on i guess
2: i feel like this movie was like it's like of a touristy point of view and it feels like it was made by a tourist and what was so good about it follows and it follows was such like felt like Like a, I guess maybe I also just don't really know what Detroit looks like, so it was like. So you would be a
3: tourist in Detroit, so it
2: (sighs) rang true to you. I disagree.
3: I don't really feel like it feels touristy to me. I think like the kind of the particular like patina of patheticism that is nailed in this movie is, like, I don't think you would get that if you were just a tourist. I think you, like, maybe you're somebody who moved here from Ohio or whatever. Here, I say here, like I'm there right now. Um, but, right, it's a right. transplant <laughs> but, but like, But, like, has definitely been there for a while. Enough for things to get, you know, yeah. kind of sad. Yeah. Um, and that feels right. That doesn't feel touristy to me anymore because that just feels like a big part of the LA experience for a lot of people. So most
0: people here are transplants anyway. Not so. true. Not true that most people are transplants. Not most people in Silver Lake. You would I would venture a guess only
2: because they pushed out all the people. It, from agreed. hundred. I'm not
0: saying it's good. <laughs> I totally agree, but I think a lot of 30 year olds or 33 year. I I think I he's specifically find, 33.
2: Yeah, I guess I just found him so boring. I was like wished the movie I don't know I liked the milieu but I didn't he was just so gross did you like when he got stuck to a car door handle Um, and it was like a Spider-Man <laughs> well, comic with yeah, bubble gum there was like the Andrew Spider-Man Garfield. thing I mean I guess it's like interesting if you were making all the Spider-Man movies and then you were like I want to make yeah. the opposite of that you know I want it's definitely the opposite of that as far away because yeah. he was even like the likable guy in the yeah, Facebook no movie. that was his you know, breakout it was like always. he's
3: oh, like a little puppy I love him he always yeah. played
2: likable guy so, I guess it's just like, well, I don't know. I guess I just wanted somebody a little right. Nick Cagier, you know, well, like the best QAnon movie, uh, National Treasure.
3: Well, night call <laughs> listeners, if you've seen Under the Silver Lake, if you've decoded every single code in Under the Silver Lake, if you have any thoughts, please give us a night call at 1 night or night email at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com. Do you guys want to take a night? Email? Oh, yes! yes. So this email comes to us from Trevor. Trevor writes Hello, ladies of Nightcall. The mention of panpsychism in the last edition of Nightcall caught me dead in my tracks. You see, I studied for a year under Galen Strawson, the most famous panpsychist philosopher. He was a tall, deliberate man, but skinny and somewhat hunched, like he was unsure and tentative about his presence in the world. He had a larger-than-usual head, supporting an untamed fountain of long gray hairs that grew up and out in all directions and gave him the look of an old hermit on a mountaintop. His lectures pondered the strange vicissitudes of life in the world and his deep conviction that there surely was consciousness somewhere, but that it just wasn't anywhere he could locate it. The stuff of the world is mind stuff, he would say, to clarify that anything has the capability of conscious energetic movement. Galen himself seemed to be a consciousness without memory or experience. He would talk about forgetting having a wife or children and often began statements with, I'm sitting here, uh before launching into a thought as though he was a floating consciousness trying to get into character as a person before doing person things like making statements and talking with students. With this, I wholeheartedly recommend Galen's candidacy for the Night Call Museum. Peace, love, 420 from Austin. Trevor. Peace, love, and 420 to you, Trevor. Thank you for...
0: For getting in touch, that was a really
3: good. This is night so email. evocative. Yeah, um, I feel like I, I know Galen. I'm not familiar with Galen, and I wasn't even familiar with panpsychism before we talked about it last week. And then I had to look it up afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Um, do you guys have any professors that you had a special, uh, memories of?
2: I mean, nobody who was a panpsychist, I guess. Right.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, no panpsychist. I, there were two professors. One of them, um, was a, a literature professor who was super strange. Um, I took her class on. Oh, was she the one who married poetry? No, that was a TA unshockingly it was a ta (laughs) this woman was obsessed with um king arthur and she would kind of like vacillate between talking about chivalric code and she she had lost like i think like 200 she lost a, a significant amount of weight and so she would tie in her weight loss with like getting really into king arthur and and I was like, wow, that's really interesting. But also she, she was not a fan of my writing, so I eventually hated her. Um, and then there was a guy who taught a class on film architecture, uh, and he was just super interesting. I think German Ooh, guy. F-
3: what does film architecture mean? Like, it was
0: literally just buildings in films. In movies? Yeah. It was one of the best classes ever.
3: That's an amazing class. Yes, yeah. college, college holy is fun. shit. It was a lot
0: of, like, <laughs> The Last Man and Metropolis and yeah. Blade Runner and, like, Cityscapes. Oh, and that's so cool. It was an awesome I'm class. I'm jealous of that class. Yeah.
3: You just said like, college is fun, Molly, but, like, my, my college was so full of, like, yeah, yeah, requirements. Yeah. And then I just made a film. Like, I didn't get to do all the, like, noodly like, fun, weird electives yeah. that a lot of people do.
2: Um, Tess and I both picked the college where you could do the noodliest stuff. Yes, and then... but that was
0: part of my my major because I I was a uh, an art and architecture major. Oh,
3: you were an architecture <laughs> major. I was.
0: I wanted to do architecture for my first two years, and then um, I did like history of art and architecture, and then pivoted to writing. Man,
3: yeah, I had no idea Who, who's what was the best architect you studied. Don't ask me these questions. This <laughs> is... <laughs> okay, okay. I'm, I'm already racking my brain for the, the pan, pr- what the
2: professor's name who did the film. Pan architecture, architecture yeah. of panpsychism. <laughs> uh, my,
3: my first couple of years I went to Loyola and Marymount. And and the Loyola I think both all the Loyola schools have um really rigorous uh core requirements. Like you have to take a certain amount of philosophy classes and theology classes and stuff. And those actually ended up being probably my favorite classes, including film <laughs> classes, <laughs> yeah. that I ever took in uh Did you talk about school.
2: panpsychism in your philosophy class? No, she just no, looked it up but yesterday.
3: We t- but we talked about – the. that's where I learned about, like, the no-sphere and stuff. And, oh, like, yeah. Uh, Pierre Teilhard de Chardin it was, like, like, truly, like, mind-breaking stuff. And I learned it from, like, a Jesuit priest. And so it was, like – kind of super chill and and it was like in this pretty old building on the campus of Loyola which like looks like a resort and we were like just thinking about all being cells in a brain someday <laughs> it was like it was great um, but he was he was by no means any any kind of character like this guy that, that Trevor described but it was a great class
0: um we recently on our Facebook page, uh, this is kind of related because if we were in college now, I assume that we would all be really interested in neural networks, which I had I knew nothing about. Neural networks knew nothing about them. Uh, but somebody on Facebook, um, Nightcaller Charlotte, mm-hmm. uh, prompted a neural network uh, with the prompt Strange Days and Lonely Nights and got like a night call poem. Would you guys mind if I read it?
3: Yes, please read it. Okay.
0: It's so Strange Days and Lonely Nights. I was so proud that I was a woman. I had no idea that I could be happy. I couldn't seem to say goodbye to her. I was so proud that I was a woman. I could tell the universe has changed. I'd rather have a friend than a partner. I'd rather have one and a partner than a husband. And then suddenly I was alone. It wasn't until later that I realized that these lonely nights and lonely nights were no fun. That I was no longer there. That I could hear her whispering in my ear, I'd rather live in the present, live our lives. But in order to make it there, I had to take off. But to feel so empty and alone, it seemed I had to go. And then I went away to the desert. I left a big mess. And after a while, I came back. <laughs> it's like a very night collie. It's so
3: it's so wonderful. Wow. We'll have to post it on the Patreon site on yes. the show notes. Um, it's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, I played around with this thing for a little while because uh, they sent us the link for it. It's called talktotransformer.com. That's the name of the neural network. Um, I only vaguely understand neural networks. Like It's just supposed to be like a simulation of how the brain works, but using, like I guess, by scraping stuff off the internet is that how they i think so but it's i this mean one, yeah it's least... like predictive text that has
0: been like crowdsourced from the internet
3: i guess yeah so it's different i always kind of do like enjoy those memes or they're like i like type i love and then just like do whatever the auto auto fill is and after that mm-hmm. and uh i mean i never post them but i always like seeing what my phone thinks i would say because it's always a little bit spooky to see that (laughs) version of yourself. Yeah, this kind of felt like this, but I guess more, like, I guess sourcing from a a larger pool of information than just what you would put on your phone. I tried to make it do some Game of Thrones content, (laughs) but it really felt like it was just grabbing text from, um, well, it even said it was, like, from Screen Rant or something. Um, It, like, made a, it basically made a, um, like, automated content, Like, you know, that's a thing that actually happens, like SEO scraping. Yeah, SEO scraping, but then, like, automatically, like, AI-generated content. Like, the robots are taking away the content farm jobs. <laughs> but you, you're you know?
0: it became popular, right? You did, like, a Game of Thrones thing, and it got
3: shared, like, a thousand well, times. That's, but that's a... No, it was just, like, in the text, it was like, this has been shared. Oh, 1. that's 2,000. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, what does this mean? Oh, it's so... We, no, it was, like, like it, it just had all of the the customary, you know, text at the end of a blog post that's um, so funny do you guys remember
2: uh, there was a Clarissa Explains It All episode where she like builds a program that writes poems and then wins a poetry contest with a poem that the robot wrote I, I do not remember that. this it's great <laughs> it's the best because it was like probably the first time anyone ever showed a girl like programming something right yeah
3: well. so, also ethics and ethi-
2: ethics yeah, and yeah <laughs> yeah then she like
3: she tells everybody because well, she feels bad There was a wishbone episode that involved a poetry assignment. That's a thing that I remember. Uh, But I think it wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with computers. It was like, I think it was a Cyrano de Bergerac episode, so he was, like, <laughs> having somebody else write a poem for him. You
2: were like, Wishbone uh, delivered the Pentagon papers. <laughs> that was that a very incredible
3: uh, <laughs> an incredible coup by Wishbone. <laughs> you know what's a weird show? Wishbone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, have you ever gone back and watched YouTube videos of that? It's kind of hard to All believe. All children's programming
2: is insane.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All
2: children's programming is under Uh, the silver lake. It
1: is.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We have one more Night Call we wanted to get to before we close out today. Coming to us from
4: John. Here he is. Hi, Night Call. So in episode 62, you talked to Penny Lane about her documentary, Hail Satan, and the challenge that the Satanic Temple posed to supposed, supposed religious freedom in the USA. I haven't seen the documentary, but the value of this film pretty obvious from your discussion. So here's my question. Years ago, I was a teaching assistant for a course, Cults and New Religious Movements, taught by the late David Kinsley, who argued that the term cult should not be based on beliefs since all religions seem to have some strange beliefs, at least to outsiders. But cult should just be reserved for groups based on behavior, how they treat people within the group, whether they let them have access to their families, have some measure of freedom, something like that. Do you think this is true? Do you think behavior is the only measure of something being designated a cult? Or do you think there are some beliefs which are dangerous enough or that they ought to be designated as cults? Thanks so much for the podcast. It's amazing. Um, Bye-bye.
3: Great question. Yeah, thank you so much for the call, John. Yeah, this totally got me thinking, and we were thinking it was very appropriate for talking about under the Silver Lake as well. <laughs> I think at this point in history, especially like after, you know, this kind of wave of cult like activity like in the sixties and seventies and stuff, that the 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 kinds of things that, that seem to signify a cult and the kinds of things that cults believe in and the way that cults address that kind of seem to supersede like the actual mechanics of a cult. You know, like, um, I don't know, like, I I, I feel like this this is like a good way to have some perspective on what actually is a cult or not, because you can have somebody that believes in crystals or energy healing or whatever, like, but it's not going to be a cult because you're not like, you're not holding people against their will or making people pay you or whatever the case may be. But yeah, I thought that was an interesting distinction to bring up.
2: Yeah, but if you're using the crystals in a group. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that there's the differentiation between, you know,
0: a cult that believes in terrible or ridiculous things versus just a group of people who believe in terrible or ridiculous things. You can condemn, you know, horrible beliefs across the board, but without dictating other people's behavior, I don't think it's a cult.
2: Is Reddit a cult?
0: No, because well, unless the the rules of the Reddit were that you you know had to pay a certain amount of your money to like who the moderator, <laughs> right? Right. Um, I mean the the basic rules of any kind of like website forum I don't
2: think are cult.
3: Yeah, I mean there's not a thing. I feel like there has to be some kind of addictive quality to a cult, like whether right, it's a, but, like some kind of dependence or something.
2: Let's talk about like Reddit conspiracies though. Like if you start like it becomes like an addictive behavior like an internet addictive behavior where it's like you're placing going on the message board above like interacting with human beings like right
3: that's or or like you if you show any doubt or wavering from whatever the conspiracy of the day is on the Mm -hmm. forum that you're like and then you're shamed by for it by your peers as opposed to just being like oh like that's an interesting way of thinking about it, or like I disagree, but whatever right. you can go your own way. That feels that feels cult like for sure. I mean, I don't know if that. I think there's a fine line where it becomes religious and not um, right. But. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: mean, honestly, more so than than people who have like internet addictions or whatever. I think multi level marketing is the most non religious cult like mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which also I today, so now a week ago, if you're listening to this, but um, Jane Marie uh, posted on Twitter a link to an uh, article in the Cut about side hustles, like oh, how, you know, good ways to like make a buck. And the last one was maybe you should join an MLM. Wait like, really? What? Yes. It was in the cut. I was so disappointed. I think it was a joke maybe. I don't, they did have a little link at the end that was like just make sure you know what you're doing and it was like you're going to lose all your friends. But <sighs> like a lot of the proposed uh, solutions to making more money were like sell your hair uh and stuff <laughs> where you're like oh, it would be nice if oh, people could a have a job. Article. Yeah, that's very horrible. depressing. But um, um if you really kind of look into the people who are super, super involved with MLM, it's like the beliefs part of it where you, you know, they actually some of them really do believe that that what they're selling is good and everyone needs it. But it's more the the behavior that they're expected to follow in order to sell this product and the way that, you know, they kind of fit into like the greater scheme of things that it's problematic. Is like Herbalife
3: um, an example of that or something. Yes. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
0: And Rodin and Fields Mm -hmm. and everyone go listen to the dream. But um, yeah, there's there's a good Facebook group called Sounds Like MLM, but okay. That you know because (laughs) Facebook is like obviously the vehicle where all of these people are are selling these things um and then you just tag that group
3: and yeah i mean it's so weird when you bring capitalism into it because it's like capitalism is basically a religion in our country like exactly and so when you're yeah, I was gonna say that, like it's like
2: heterosexuality a cult like,
3: like there's a lot of
2: <laughs> a lot of bad groups that people buy into is like right these things are true yeah um, um, i mean anything can be a
3: cult almost <laughs>
2: Well, I guess it's also like, I'm just always very skeptical of group activity. I'm always a little scared of like a crowd turning into a mob. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, Like a soul In a bad direction. Well, yeah. There's just something about like losing yourself to the will of the group that is inherently Mm -hmm. depersonalizing and it like can be good. It can be the best feeling in the world. It's why people do psychedelic drugs. Mm -hmm. But it could also be Bad and well, a lot of people who join groups, it's because they like don't know what they want and they want right. someone to be like. Here's what you want. You yeah. want to do this. That's and why that in hindsight,
3: that's why in hindsight, bad. I feel like the entire EDM boom was like one big like sub moment. Like everybody just wanted to be like dominated by. Yeah, it's like, a mega church. The drop. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know if I would call that a cult necessarily, but it has. Because it's sort of just this sort of aspirational thing. It kind of has a spiritual quality to it, um, and and the way that you know people feel when they're on drugs and they're listening to music like that, you can have take on a spiritual quality. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting to think about. People need community,
2: and there's just always that fear that like one day one of the people in the community will be like, "Okay, now it's you're in this cult," you mm-hmm. know you. <laughs> Get now it. it's time to take this to the next level. I feel like you must, like Tess, as a parent, people uh-huh. must be invite you to weird things all the time that you don't know if they're cults or not.
0: Well, now I feel unpopular. I'm like, what does she mean by invite <laughs> me to a lot
2: of things? Um, yeah, I've had a few friends who
0: um, were into multi level marketing schemes and tried to get me involved. One of them was like very, very pushy. They're called Huns. Because it's like, hey, hun, how are you? <laughs> so they're referred to as huns. And one of them, I was very offended that she thought I I was the type a of mark. person to... Yeah, very offended. First, I was like, she thinks I don't have a glowing complexion. And then I was like, she thinks I would sign up to sell, like, very <laughs> overpriced, crappy cosmeters. No. I buy my stuff at the drugstore, hun. <laughs>
2: Come on. <laughs> um, but if you want to buy uh, water that we spit
3: in or... Some bonus episodes. Join our book club. One of those things exists and one of them doesn't. Just spoiler Yet. alert. Yeah. Two Yet. truths
2: and a lie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, Join our nightclub Patreon. But also, as always, you can call us at 240-469 with all your questions about the universe. You can also follow us on social media.
0: Our Twitter is Night Call Pod,
3: Instagram Night Call Podcast, and Facebook Night Call Podcast. And, of course, support us on our Patreon at patreon.com slash nightcall. Join our book club. You can get all sorts of other fun stuff. We're planning some events coming up this summer that uh, we'll let you guys know about as soon as we know when they are. Uh, And subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And leave us a rating and review while you're there. Why don't you? Thank you all so much for listening this week. We'll be back next week.
2: Yeah, the moon is shrinking, but our our love for our fans is only growing <laughs> each day. Oh, <Aww. laughs> very sweet. We're a good cult. We are. We're I the hope. good kind of cult. So far. But also, give us your money <laughs> at patreon.com slash nightcult. See you next week.
1: Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th.
0: Visit livenation.com concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from
1: Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
4: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's gotta be a CFP.